Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Jan Wadi, Features Editor here at the San Antonio Express News, and welcome to In-Depth. I am joined today by Taste Team writers Mike Sutter and Chuck Blount. Thank you. Thanks. We are going to talk about how you can have your best day ever at the Pearl. So where would you go for dining experiences for morning, noon, and night? Well, we have to talk about things have changed at the Pearl because now you have to pay for parking always. It used to just be a weekend thing. It was kind of a nominal. But now you're paying $10 to park. When is it? Friday, Saturday? It's, it ranges from like $3 to $10. You Sometimes in some lots, you get 30 minutes free. Some lots, you get two hours free. Uh, but when, when I was looking into it, um, a lot of people are like, that's hogwash, and they're parking on the side streets, which there are plenty of around there. You just got to, you know, walk a few extra blocks and, you know, pay the price. Which, well, it's easy to say when you're not in uh, four-inch heels, Chuck. Well, that's true. I, I, and Unless I, things have changed. I only wear three-inch heels. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's a little bit... It's a well, little you're bit, notorious uh, for, for loving to pay to park. Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 I will walk a mile if I have to to not pay for parking. But, uh, um, but yeah, there, so every all, all of the lots, except for one, there, there is a there is a free lot in there, but uh, I, I I couldn't find it, and so what uh, what you do is there's a QR code, you park your car, you scan the phone, you scan the QR code on your phone, and you pay whatever it is the rate is. The closer you get to the pearl, the closer you. Or the more you have to, I think I fill out less paperwork pay. at the doctor's office than yeah, I do yeah, trying to get yeah, that parking yeah, space. Yeah, it's almost like uh, filing for Medicare. <laughs> uh, but but uh, but but yeah, it it, it it was an instant transition. Um, I was I've been to the Pearl a million times, and and it was like almost an overnight thing where. Uh, you know, I went from knowing a little bit of the secrets on where to park that was very close to yeah. all of a sudden not really knowing really what to do. Mm-hmm. So that 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 is definitely a bit of an issue. And if you do the type of day that Mike wrote about, you're going to be there for more than two hours and everything like that. Yeah, but, and you want to have 24-hour parking so that you can sleep in your car afterwards. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 but 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 yeah, it's it's a totally different animal than what it used to be. You just got to f- figure out a way to navigate around it, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time before the city starts putting parking meters on those side streets that I I talked about where you could get, you know, the free spot where you don't have to pay. So I, I don't know. Saturday was my first day and my best day at the Pearl. And um, the biggest challenge for me was trying to figure out what to do with the 
QR code once you scanned it. So I had um, some younger cousins, thankfully, who were um, standing around watching me uh, fumble around on my phone and, um, you know, kind of guided me that you have to put in your license plate and we just had to enter our credit card information in. But um, there, there were some other visitors. You could tell it was their first time, too. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't think the parking is a big deal if you're going there to do a big ticket dinner. But if you're just going to have coffee or you're going to go see a show at Jazz Texas, if you factor in the $10 parking to the price of a $20 ticket or the price of a $3 cup of coffee, you're you start doing the math with that real quick. And that was, the, that was the reason we got together on this project in the first place, try to figure out how to spend that money the best possible way, mm-hmm. that parking money. I did see that if you are only there for 30 minutes, it's free. So I have some stocking stuffers in mind. I'm going to go back for a quick shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a quick shop. I mean, 30 minutes is like, you know, bang, if you stopped, uh, you know, Get a cold beer at Southerly or whatever like that. Well, I was just oh. thinking you could do what you used to do with two-hour parking. You could go move your car every 27 <laughs> minutes to a different yeah. spot. That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I never thought about that. But, yeah, there's, there's always a way to get around the, the, the system if you, if you want to. Now, but, you know, to the Pearl's credit, and, and I imagine that they're going to do this. They say that they're going to use those that those funds, you know, to beautify, you know, the the area and make more developments and, you know, do lots of projects and things like that. So if they do that, then I, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, if you go to SeaWorld or you go to Six Flags or you go to someplace like that, you're going to pay for parking anyways. Hell, heck, if you go to um, Market Square, you got to pay for parking there too. So it's not exactly, they're not exactly like really stretching you that much. It, the, the prices are, are, are a little modest. It's just a big wake up call for people that used to regularly frequent the area. So I was thinking the Pearl is seen by a lot of people in San Antonio as kind of a theme park place that people don't necessarily uh, build their street cred with by going because it's uh, prefab, uh, prefab nostalgia. It's got this steampunk vibe to it. I am curious with you having seen it through eyes from the first time and with family of seeing, seeing it for the first time, what was your impression of it? I really liked the vibe. It was it was fun, just a lot of people mingling around, good energy, a lot of just shops to, to look at. We weren't looking for anything in particular. So it was just fun just seeing um, just items we'd never seen before. And I'll have to say that $10 parking was worth it just for our happy hour experience at Cured. And, I mean, that is such a great deal. Some of the, I mean, amazing, like the um, – Ba- the cheeseburger with the onion bacon jam. And I mean, it was, you know, praline bacon for everyone, fried quail eggs. And you get praline bacon. And you <laughs> get right, praline yes. bacon. Yes. And alpine berry cocktails. Yeah. If you wait and go at three o'clock, you can get one of the double cheeseburgers for $7.50. That's that blue ribbon burger, right? Yes. Because Chef Steve McHugh loves to incorporate those Midwestern elements like uh, blue rib, Pabst Blue Ribbon beer, and he does uh, poutine with cheese curds and fries and gravy. Oh my! Except he does that. his with Heritage Hog, mm-hmm. and it's 
fantastic gravy. I mean, it's the kind of uh, happy hour dish that will inspire you to drink. I mean, but of course you should do that in moderation and with responsibility. Yes. Jen, did you have a Pepsi Ribbon uh, tall boy while you were there or not? Only an Alpine Berry cocktail. Oh. And, and, then, and then I had, was inspired to do some more shopping. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's how they get you. Okay. <laughs> but we we talked about ways to maximize that parking dollar starting at 6.30 in the morning because that's the first time you can engage with the Pearl during the week is when um, local coffee founders opens their doors. And this is a locally owned coffee shop that um, uh, sources from really great roasters and they do a full roster of coffee drinks and they do a salted caramel ice latte that gets your day going any day of the week. So I love that for a place to start for a trip that's going to take from 6.30 in the morning until past midnight. I didn't do all that in one day. I think I spread that out over three days, but it was three pretty good days at the Pearl. And my memories of the Pearl go, well, they go farther back than the time that I started working at the Express News. But the day I interviewed at the Express News six years ago, I went to the Pearl afterward to celebrate because it felt like it went pretty well. I, I guess I got the job, so it ended up going okay. But I uh, went to Cured, and I went to a, a barbecue shop out there called The Granary that's closed since then. And I watched the people doing acrobatic yoga on that green space outside Cured. And it felt like a pretty magical place. And I'm not going to look at the Pearl as this sort of um, prefab theme park of uh, whining, dining, and and hanging around because I think it just happens to be a good place to congregate for some of the city's best restaurants and not just best restaurants at the Pearl, some of the best in the city. And that's what a day at the Pearl looks like for me is visiting a big variety of those places. And when I went through to make a list, I didn't just do one for each period of the day. I broke the day up into a couple of different periods, but like for lunch, I didn't want to just stick with one choice because lunch is one of those times when you're subject to the whims of the group. And there's always somebody in your group that doesn't want what you want. And I think there's a little something for everybody, like Italian over at Arosta, which is not within the Pearl compound itself. It's just outside. But this is one of those organizations that's just it's reaching out and it's pulling in other parts of the city into it. And I think eventually the whole city of San Antonio is going to be considered uh, the pearl. It's possible. Don't you think? But Arosta is this great uh, little Italian, rustic, um, rustic style Italian food, handmade pasta. Chef Robbie Nallen that San Antonians will know from uh, the Zinc Bistro days. And he went out and did a stint at the French Laundry, but he's back in town now. And you can see him rolling out pasta with his dusty hands right there on the counter at Arosta. And from that, you can get great food like um, uh, a handmade lasagna bolognese and a great glass of uh, uh, robust Sicilian red wine and this fantastic salad in this cool open-air setting with lots of high windows. And it's got this European lunch counter kind of feel to it. So I liked that a lot. You can also go to another new place at the Pearl, which, by the way, side note, Arosta's new. The one I'm about to talk to is uh, talk about is new. It's called Ladino. The Pearl is the place in San Antonio where it's just on fire with uh, new restaurants opening all the time. And they're creating new spaces for these restaurants to land in. There's an entirely new courtyard now 
outdoor courtyard where they occasionally host live music and it's kind of a park area, not with not with playscapes or anything, but that's where Ladino is. And it is I'm sorry, I'm salivating a little <laughs> bit. But it's um it's Mediterranean food with a Sephardic Jewish twist that that's where Ladino comes from. That's the language that's spoken by Sephardic Jews throughout regions of the Middle East and Israel and in there. And that's where Chef Bertie Richter is from. So the food that he's doing is not that that usual kind of shawarma and pita thing that you do, which is fabulous food. But this is this is more to the heart of that region. Chef Bertie told me that he has had people come up to him and speak Ladino to him. Because he speaks it, he spoke it as a child, but it he found it really um, touching that people would come to him to get the food that they grew up with. So you're probably wondering what that food is, right? I'm all I'm all I'm, I'm all ears. Well, they they bake this beautiful fresh pita, and they also have uh, these spicy lamb ribs that they do. Um, oh yes, that. Uh, really combine this aromatic spice and uh, aroma mm-hmm. with um, just this hearty dress of herbs and uh, comes with uh, freshly baked pita and it's uh, filling and substantial. And another uh, suggestion I would make at um, for lunch at the Pearl is subtly fine food and brewery. Now, they rose to fame by virtue of the fact that they brew their own beer. And they are parked in an old facility at the Pearl that the minute you walk in, you can see the brewing vats and you see the grandeur of this saloon-style space. And Southerly inhabits that space with – they still do their own beer and that's a spectacle in its own. But I went there for fried chicken because even in a place like um, the Pearl where you're going to associate some of that with higher-end things – Fried chicken is always at home no matter where it goes. Absolutely. So moving past lunch, you're going to go straight on to brunch, and there's a new place next door to Ladino called Full Goods Diner. And that's named after the uh, building that's there at the Pearl that that says Full Goods. And I wondered for years what that was. I wondered whether it was like a Trader Joe's or something like that. Um, No, it just happened to be one of the buildings at the Pearl, but now they've put a diner um, carrying that name from the group in Austin that has the uh, popular breakfast truck called Paperboy. And so you can get all kinds of interesting uh, brunch conglomerations there. I had a really nice uh, sweet potato and pork hash. And then they do uh, a pancake that is the site. It's one pancake. But if you've, if you've ever had, uh, what do they call them, a Dutch, uh, a Dutch, Dutch boy? Um, pancake, just one single risen pancake, almost like you're you're eating the first layer of a layer cake. So that's their idea of a pancake. Wow! And you can get that with um, um, a full cocktail bar. So that can be that can be your brunch experience, which kind of layers nicely onto the breakfast experience that you already had. But you had your breakfast experience at supper. See the play on words I did there. Ah. <laughs> Supper is the hotel is the uh, restaurant over at the Hotel Emma, 
And they are open because they're a hotel restaurant. They serve that restaurant starting at 7 a.m. and going through room service. But at breakfast, it's just this chill environment that feels like um, you're stepping into a New York parlor, a New York City parlor from like the 1920s and just sitting down and having your classic eggs Benedict and um, French toast with uh, with toasted pecans and um, pumpkin and pumpkin seeds and maple syrup. So I really enjoyed that experience too. You know, for me, for me, it was, it was always, uh, you know, that was my first, um, encounter with a $22 cocktail at hotel Sterno with <laughs> when my wife ordered the, ordered the four Emma's or whatever, three Emma's or, or whatever it was called. And I was like, really? I just paid $22 for a cocktail, but Hey, we had a good time, you know, and, and it was it was a fun, lively atmosphere. And like you said, I you know, I think when you hit on that that steampunk type of atmosphere that you get there, I mean, it really it really does come off. And, and, and you know, I mean, I, I mean, I've lived in San Antonio for 22 years now and I, I used to drive by that, you know, down 281 and see that it was empty all the time. Like it was an abandoned spot. And all of a sudden that they started putting up apartments and they started building restaurants and things like that. And they used to say, well, you know, it it used to be like, you know, $1,200 for like a studio apartment there and everything like that. And I'm like, San Antonio is not going to sustain that. And I was completely wrong. I mean, this is a, this is a community that is really just blown up uh, to staggering proportions. And, you know, the, there's no doubt that the, you know, the, the culinary and the hospitality areas of it have really spearheaded that, that, that whole process. So I'm, I'm thinking about after you've had all of this lunch and you've had brunch and breakfast that you're sleepy again. So you can go to Bakery Lorraine to get coffee and not just coffee, but these magnificent homemade Pop-Tarts that um, probably weigh about as much as a package of four Pop-Tarts. <laughs> And but it counts as one, right? Yes. And then these delicate little French macarons that are in this pastel rainbow of colors, pistachio, earl gray, you know, all the standard colors, all the standard flavors. Yeah. But um, I love that for like a mid-afternoon break. And right after your mid-afternoon break, it's time for happy hour. Where's your favorite place for happy hour? I've got a couple. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) One of my absolute favorites is Cured, like Jan was talking about, because at Cured, and they do this um, from 3 to 6 in the afternoon, um, every day that they're open, that's Tuesday through Sunday, they do um, 50-cent fried quail legs that um, will make you forget all about chicken wings forever and ever. And... uh, Really nice $5 cocktails. They've got a a rotating selection of those. They've got a couple of beers for $2.50, I think, including a local called uh, High Wheel Betty Kolsch that's brewed here in San Antonio. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, they also do the Heritage Hog Poutine that I mentioned earlier. That's part of the happy hour menu and that double uh, blue ribbon burger. So that's a great place to just get the night started. And... You can bop over to another new place at the Pearl. I told you there were lots of new places over there. It's a restaurant called, depending on who you ask, Karaki or Kariki, or we're pretty sure it's pronounced Kariki. 
And it's a it's a beautiful little green jay of a bird. That's the old Liberty Bar, right? The old Liberty Bar that used to be in this tilt the world yeah. building that, yeah. that leaned sideways, and you felt like you were uh, walking into something that was about to fall down on top of you. It was like an extra in a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. Well, now it looks like an extra in a Julia Roberts movie. Because <laughs> it has been thoroughly polished and refurbished and um, has this big saloon space with polished floors and this giant courtyard with a flowing fountain and a bar of its own. Uh-huh. And then it has this entire giant stone cottage, they call it, or stone house. or It's basically a wedding venue that when they don't have weddings there or receptions that they'll let you sit and eat there too. Oh. But it's uh, food that traces the migratory path of this South Texas bird and which can you be more vague about how you talk about your food? Basically it's a, a really nice gathering of people around a campfire that celebrate, celebrates the food of Mexico, the food of South Texas, the food of Central Texas. So you have barbecue components. They do some really good smoked brisket mm. in a cathedral of a pit room that they have in the back. And in this pit room, they have a couple of actual pits where they make their own barbacoa and they make their own cabrito. And wrapping that in banana banana leaves and, and sinking that in the ground, it gives it a flavor that you just can't create by reproducing it on your grill top at home. They're cooking full goats? Yes. In fact, I saw a man breaking down a full goat with a saw as I was walking by. Now, they don't put that out in the performance space. That just happened to be me snooping around a little bit, but it's a it's an open air pit room, so you get to see the sausage being made in a literal and figurative sense. Wow. But it's um, they do these uh, big botana platters, they call them. So your one from the pit is going to have achiote roasted chicken, that that pollos asados that you've started to fall in love with in San Antonio. And then uh, the smoked brisket that I talked about and barbacoa quesadillas. And um, they put that together with a, a few other things, some rice, some beans, some escabeche, some guacamole. And it's suddenly this giant feast and sampler of what they do. And they do versions of that for um, really nice roasted vegetables, and they do it for seafood as well. And then you can break that down and get some smaller a la carte things. But it's not the kind of Mexican food where you're going to go in and get a um, number two combo plate with two enchiladas and a crispy taco. Right, right. Um, you can get enchiladas and get tacos, but that's only at lunch during the week. The rest of the time, it's more of an engagement with um, – an entire cultural cuisine and not just shorthand for Tex-Mex. And, and they, they, they kind of picked up the barbecue uh, baton from the closure of the granary. I that, love the idea. Yes, they did. And I love the idea of picking up a barbecue baton. Where can we find those? Well, I, well, you know, the barbecue baton is like a, it's like a giant <laughs> beef rib that you hand off to somebody. <laughs> but I know, I know that we were talking about happy hour. I'm sorry. I got a little bit. But um, during happy hour, they have this, uh, they do an $8 frozen uh, margarita. They do an $8 sort of take on a Cuba Libre with Mexican Coke and tequila that's really nice. And they do a couple of uh, smaller plates that let you engage with the restaurant without committing to an $80 Botana plate. Mm -hmm. I had some really good uh, tacos dorados with um, potatoes. And that's just a place to chill out and take in this place sort of as a handshake before you go in for the full uh, 
embracing hug of a it's it's engaging with a cuisine and not just going in and ordering off a menu that that you already know is what's going to be on there, right? Right, right, right. So I'll I'll take you to two other places for a happy hour. One of them is Best Quality Daughter, which is where the Granary used to be. It's an Asian American restaurant right now, named for a line in the Joy Luck Club, um, where they talked about having the best quality daughter. And Jennifer Hua Doberton is um, a chef that people will know from around San Antonio who started um, Best Quality Daughter. So it's got just this great vibe to it. Um, they made their own wallpaper that has San Antonio landmarks on it. It's this grand, um, it's almost like a playroom of pink as you walk in. And then there's this neon bar that feels like they're making drinks just for show, they're so cute and well-named and boba tea drinks and things like that. But at happy hour, they will – it's only one hour a day on weekdays, five to six. So you got to get there in a hurry. Um, but they do um, a couple of drinks for uh, half price. They do uh, cocktails for half price, do a couple of $3 beers. It's all about the drinks there. And then you just order a few small plates to engage with that, like they do Taiwanese popcorn shrimp. And they do something called bougie egg rolls that are just these really overstuffed, big, fat, fried egg rolls. Mm -hmm. And uh, something I really liked was pot stickers made with impossible beef, which I have come to find that I like better than Beyond Beef. Because oh, it doesn't ooh. have the same kind of uh, yeah, yeah. chemical... Um, bouquet to it if you will yeah does it yeah 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 i i totally understand what you're getting at on that one and i promised yeah. you one other place to talk about and that's botica which is a conglomeration of quite a few mm. different food styles from peru uh, mixed with japanese and chinese influences that have their own presences in the cuisine there but what you can do at botica and this is from four to six every day is get ten dollar sake flights and they'll choose or you can choose five different um, one ounce pours of sake to experience something beyond just that warm um, from a box sake that you that you've had maybe all your life. Yeah. This is an exploration. I mean, some of it is cloudy. Some of it is on draft. Some of it's sparkling. And it's a real cool experience to get for $10 along with $10 sushi rolls or $6 um, Achiote chicken wings. Oh, yeah. And Boutique is just a cool place to hang out. Yeah. Great chef, too. Yeah. So um, then, of course, after that, you're going to be ready for dinner. So what do you feel like having for dinner? Well, you know, you, you, you really can't, you really can't pick a, you really can't go wrong. Um, uh, I, I've never had a bad meal down there, honestly. Yeah. I, I can't say that I have, and I've had some, I, maybe I've had as a critic, I, I can't just say, well, I've had nothing but good because that's not true. Right. But, um, uh, I've also had some of those transformative moments where you just sit there. It's, it's like you said you had about, where you just kind of get in this blissed out state and it doesn't matter if you're there with people or by yourself. And I don't know if it's just a food coma coming on or what it is, but something I really like about the Pearl is the opportunity for education. And that is fostered by the Culinary Institute of America having a campus there. Yeah. I'm interested in trying out their restaurant. And that's, that's why I wanted to steer you in that direction because the student run restaurant is called Savor. And it has professionals at the front of house 
one of the very best wine stewards and maitre d's in the city named Fabian Jacob in the front of house. And then a chef overseeing the operations of the students in the back named Sophia Sada. And together, they keep everything on track so that it's not like going to the uh, um, barber college and getting a cut-rate student haircut. The, everything that comes out is going to look good on you. So they do a three- or four-course meal. I go to the barber college. What? <laughs> 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 My stomach is growling. We might I know, I know, right? This to the so the great thing about that is they do three or four course meals, and you have uh, two or three choices within each category. The three course is $45. The four course is 53 Think about the last time you paid $45 for a steak a la carte. Yeah. Think about the last time you paid $38 <clears throat> for a fish dish. And then translate that across three or four courses of really well thought out food prepared by earnest students who might be cooking in the kitchens that you're paying top dollar for a year from now, two years from now. And you get that experience right now at the CIA, complete with a full wine and cocktail selection. I love the idea that it's a build your own too, that you can pick from several selections for each of the courses. Yeah, we had, I had a lobster um, tlacoyo, mm-hmm. which is like a, a, almost like a flatbed taco built out with, mm-hmm. with lobster. I had beautiful um, uh, French boned lamb chops. Um, my wife was able to have um, uh, an, a completely different experience than I had. So um, I can't recommend that place enough. Just, you know, it's it might not always be the greatest thing you ever tried, but the fact that they rotate these senior students out about every six weeks as their, as their courses change, uh, you get to have a little bit of a different experience every time you go. And at that price, I think it's the best, by far the best value at the Pearl for fine dining and one of the very best in the whole city. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And can you also take cooking classes there at CIA? I think they do some. Yeah, well, farmers market is a time to engage with the CIA. Well, they they, they have a, they have outdoor like uh, underground pits and things like that that they'll mm-hmm. that they'll, they'll do. They have the, this little uh, circular veranda that they'll serve you know dishes to on on the weekends. But you know that is a, that is a whole another element to the pearl in that on Saturdays and Sundays they do have those farmers markets and you know lots of people come out there with their tents and have all sorts of you can get strawberry wine from Poteet, you can get beignets from the beignet stand, you can get um I mean all sorts of things, you know, specialty sausages, sandwiches, caramels, uh, black garlic. I mean, they have a lot of things. They don't necessarily have a lot of vegetables, but it, it is a fun environment. People bring their dogs out, very very pet friendly, everything like that. And uh, but that that is another another layer to the onion of the of of the pearl that you know makes it so. Where if you are going to spend that best day, maybe you do it, you know, on a Saturday or Sunday. I don't know, but but that that is a definitely another added element. And there's always live music and, you know, you can get a beer outside at Southerly and walk around with it and, and, and do all sorts of things. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
that, that that's definitely another key component to the to the vibe there for sure. Well, and then you have the museum reach stretch of the Riverwalk that's now lit up for the holidays. Yeah, where you can go to La Gloria and have a margarita and just see as you walk across and look out over that. One of the places where you can start to get a glimmer of that part of the uh, Riverwalk at the Pearl is at Brasserie Monchuchu, which I just love saying that. It just basically means, you know, my little cabbage. Uh, <laughs> and it's an endearment and it's an endearing place. It's also the haven of Philippe Plaza that we talked about earlier, yeah. the charming Frenchman who lent his uh, talents along with Chef Laurent Ray to open um, what I believe best restaurant in San Antonio. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, you, you, you pretty much have proclaimed it to be the best well, when restaurant. We, when we finally started doing restaurant reviews again after a grace period during the pandemic when we weren't even allowed to have people inside dining rooms, it seemed like an inappropriate time to do full-on restaurant ratings. But when capacity opened all the way back up, we reignited the idea of restaurant reviews. We shifted to a more universal five-star system. And my very first review in the post-pandemic era was Brasserie Monchuchu, and it earned every single one of those five stars. Not because it's trying to reinvent the French way of cooking. It's because it's nailing the French way of cooking. One of the very most challenging um, styles of food that you can attempt in the kitchen, there's a reason that there's an entire um, curriculum built around that at the CIA and about at cooking schools all over the world. And they happen to just do beautifully um, executed examples of French cooking, like your uh, a steak frite that's perfectly rare with beautiful hand-cut fries that come out hot and exactly crispy. And um, they do great cocktails, have a good wine selection, cream-based dishes. I had the other night uh, scallops prepared on the shell. And if you've seen a scallop shell, it's it's one of those that looks like Venus is riding, rising out of the ocean on it. And this had uh, uh, lightly breaded scallops and lightly breaded lobster in a, a rich uh, brown butter sauce. And I love this opportunity to order um, a charcuterie plate that had handmade country style pate, a couple of really well chosen sausages, um, freshly baked baguette. And I was able to share that with the couple next to me who couldn't help but look at it with these, I, I, all I can say is hungry eyes. <laughs> Hungry eyes. <laughs> I almost got the charcuterie uh, board at Cured. That is, that's a show in its own because all of that meat that's trussed up in the glass case when you walk in, that's what they build that charcuterie board from. So what you're getting is not just well-chosen things from somebody else's market. It's things they have uh, cultivated and cured in their own case right up front. So you have got to make that part of your experience at some part, some point in San Antonio. Now, I, I will just going back to your point on uh, Montreux, um, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I didn't go, but like my wife and my kid went to Paris and everything like that. And like, and then I've had other friends that um, have been to, to, to France and everything like that. And they said that, that that was one of the most authentic French experiences that they've had in their lives. Well, it is, reminds is, me of Philippe's childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you knew Philippe so well. 
Now, to put this in perspective, you don't give out a lot of five stars, do you? Uh, I think, in fact, that has been the only five star. I think the, it is. In the two years since we ramped back up into full review capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that perfect pinnacle, that's um, that's a special place to be. It doesn't mean we, we're in a city with um, dozens and dozens of restaurants that can break the three and four and three and a half and, and really do great work. Um, but going all the way to five, that's that's a category of its own. And I have to say that they, they held up really well when I went for this cycle of visits for this story. And it's just been a few weeks ago. Now, when you go there, do they just call it onion soup or is it French onion soup? <laughs> since you're going to a French restaurant. <laughs> they, just, they just call them fries or fruits. Yeah. Yeah. No, the soup. The yeah, soup. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think about when, you, when you've had all this food, you want to go have a little bit of something for dessert. So I'm going to recommend that you go to an ice cream shop that got its start in Austin, but is called Lick Honest Ice Creams. And they have an outlet now there at the Pearl. And something I thought was beautiful was the um, the owner, Andrew Sabotnik, talked about the first time I met him, he talked about standing in the middle of Johnson's Backyard Garden, a giant um, vegetable producer. I mean um, – artisan, local, but big fields, and choosing the beets and the mint and the other vegetables to make his ice cream, because that's what you think about when you make ice cream. But with that, he makes this beautiful roasted beet and mint ice cream. So that's a must. And then you also get things like dark chocolate with sea salt and olive oil and salted caramel, and you are in business. Do we know what a dishonest ice cream is? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I'm not going to name any names right now. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't want to get sued so early in our podcast career, do we? Um, so after you've done all that, I'm going to suggest a couple of ways to round out your night. And one of those is one you mentioned earlier at Sternworth with the 3M's cocktail that's made with, oh gosh, gin and... Um, a syrup made from one of the most awful beers on the planet, Pearl. Sorry, got to say that. But it makes a great distillate of a syrup to mix into this cocktail that's named after th- – it's it's like this true crime uh, drama mixed into one cocktail because the founder of the Pearl, Otto Kaler, had a wife named Emma. Well, he also had two other women in his life named Emma who were not his wife. And ultimately, the third one killed him. So that's sort of the idea of this cocktail is it's sweet, mysterious, and deadly at the same time. Yeah, it could kill you if you have too many of them. (laughs) (laughs) And then another place to get get a nice drink is going to be the High Street Wine Company. And Mm. you talked about being able to get a beer from Southerly and walk around. It's one of the things you can do at the Pearl is – Take your beverage and walk around if you're buying it specifically to go like you can at High Street, which is a um, by-the-glass wine um, shop, but also a wine retailer where you can buy hundreds of bottles by the bottle. But I went with a three-wine flight, and they pair these around some common theme. And the one I went with was called Home for the Holidays, and it's grapes that were popularized and that were – originated in France, 
got their big breaks in other countries, but have now come back home. And they poured three really nice examples of these three grapes that are from France now, but famous somewhere else. And it was a beautifully prepared little selection. I got this great charcuterie board again to go with that. And so I'm going to recommend High Street as a place to go, just sort of for this uh, genteel wine experience with other people who appreciate wine. And I love wine snobs because all wine snobs want to do is share wine with you and talk about all the reasons they love it in hopes that you will love it as much as they do. That's very different from several other kind of snobs that I won't get into at this point, except beer snobs. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so finally, getting all the way opposite from beer snobs is to round out your night with jazz at Jazz Texas. And this just sounds so, okay, well, we're going to go sit in a jazz club and, you know, listen to whatever and have marginal cocktails. They have a really good cocktail program and some nice light. It's not bar bites. It's actual composed dishes, but it's in a smaller format so that you can eat that while you watch the show. And you generally pay a cover charge for the show. It's like buying a ticket to a concert. But Doc Watkins, who owns Jazz Texas, is one of the best piano players I've ever heard, and he can wipe out a Hammond B3 organ. If you like that classic um, soul sound of the uh, late 50s, early 60s, that is his happy place, and it will become your happy place. I'm impressed that you know about what a Hammond B3 organ is. <laughs> it's just a it's a sound that I fell in love with decades ago. Yeah, shoot. And I, I, I learned somebody, something today. To see somebody work it the way Doc Watkins does, and he brings in people <clears throat> sort of with this like-minded, engaging jazz style. It's not this cerebral, I'm, you know, it's the notes you don't, it's the notes I'm not playing. These are people who want you to share in every bit of the experience. Yeah. And the audience gets involved. It's a small room. And it's a great place to wind out the night if you want your day to have gone from 6.30 to just past midnight. And I feel like I've talked about precisely that long, haven't I? This has been a real-time excursion of a day at the Pearl. I, I need a nap. <laughs> Is there dancing at Jazz Texas? There are people who get up and spontaneously dance, but no, not as such. There's always that person at the concert who feels the need to get up and dance, usually in front of you. <laughs> I've seen it happen, but it's one of my very favorite places in San Antonio. They did, they've definitely done a good job with it. And over the years, you just can't help but marvel at really what they've done um it's it's got a little bit of something for everybody honestly and uh and uh you know you know it better than anybody else probably in the city for i mean you even you even gave tours of the of, of, of the place you know you know we did as part of the express news yeah yeah together, as part of the express news put together groups of readers and walked them around and showed them some of the places that we like yeah so it's just, yeah, it, it's a very cool thing that, that, that they've done, for sure. I agree. Well, thank you all for joining us today, and I'm looking forward to having another best day at the Pearl. 